Hey, babe. What up, what up, what up? Welcome to the Petty Herbalist Podcast. (laughs) (laughs) It's your girl, Karina, here chilling and vibing in the land of my ancestors in the Yucatan Peninsula, Playa del Carmen. Um... Mm, I'm not eating anything right now, but I just ate some potatoes with guacamole and it was very good. (laughs) (laughs) What about you? Yeah, um, I am recording in my bedroom. I slept in today and uh, didn't do no Nitras. Didn't really do much of anything but jump on the line with my sweet sis. Um, yeah, I'm here in the mm-hmm. Cheyenne, Ute, and Arapaho territories. Um, mm-hmm. Just fell in the vibes. And her name is Asia, you know. She didn't tell y'all, but that's her name. That's what they call her on the streets. <laughs> They call me rebel liberal in the streets. Rebel Libra with an L. (laughs) Listen, y'all don't know the things. Y'all don't know. We got to. How long have we been friends? Since we were in. uh, How old are we? 14, 15. Yeah. So like. About 15 years. Yeah. We've been friends more than half our lives. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. What a beautiful thing. Yeah. Y'all don't know how Asia was in these streets back in the day. (laughs) (laughs) Y'all don't know. (laughs) Um, mm. What's in your medicine bag, Karina? (sighs) Well, y'all, the things. Um, so I have my girl Karen here staying with me and, uh, she is amazing. She's the best. Um, Karen just has the best spirit. She is actually, if she's not asleep, she's laying down right here. So you can hear me talking about her. Um, but I think one of the things besides her just being amazing and incredible and you know, I see her a couple of times a year, but being able to share my medicine with her, like I have all my tinctures over here and I was like, ma'am, please. <laughs> and just kind of sharing with her what the different tinctures, um, how they support me kind of thing and just offering them to her if she wants to check them out and just talking about herbalism, life, love, sex, all the things, um, yeah it's it's been magical Mm. um let's see the other day we went to Xochimilco which is like being on a party boat um and then they like do all the like uh they have all these like traditional Mexican foods and um I ate these crickets these dried (laughs) were they crickets there's some dried insect. And I was like, not too bad. 
Um, and I got this cute dress that was like, uh, what was it? She said it was the traditional like Jucateco like style of dress. And I was like, look at me out here. I don't really have many photos, but I'll probably wear the dress again. But yeah, it was nice to just, you know, have on my my ancestral clothing. <laughs> it made me feel good. Um, and um, oh, yeah, I said it on Patreon. Um, what was big, big, big medicine for me was um, this past weekend. Um, well, actually, it was probably a couple weeks ago now. Um, I was asking around for where to get dried herbs around here. And so um, I am on a WhatsApp group called Melanated Women of Playa. Because <laughs> listen, apparently there are a lot of Black people here. So, you know, amen. And so, yeah, I asked in the WhatsApp group. And so, yeah, people pointed me in the direction of like where to go, blah, blah. Um, it's also great because I even found a dentist. So I'm about to go to the dentist. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, but anyways, so someone actually went to the or, or found an herb shop and they were like, y'all should check this place out, blah, blah, blah. And so I was like, yes, I'm so excited to check it out. Like I was like, I've been dying to get some dried herbs around here, some local dried herbs. And then um, yeah, people kept going back and forth. They're like, yeah, I love this place. I love that place. And then <clears throat> I was like, yeah, I'm an herbalist. So like, I'm excited to see all the things. And then this one lady was like, oh my gosh, I would love to like come together like as a collective so we can share like all the things about our herbs, our roots and ah. like all this oh. stuff. And she's oh. like, yeah, I come from a hoodoo tradition. And like, everyone was like yes let's do it and so this girl was like yeah we can meet at my house blah blah, blah. so I was just so happy and hashtag blessed that this kind of thing happens to me everywhere I go mm. and so um I just feel really grateful because you know not only am I like on my ancestral land but like it just reminds me that black people always look out for me all over the world, everywhere I go, mm. um, especially Black women. So yeah, that was huge medicine for me. And um, that was one of the reasons why I was talking about Noni on uh, Instagram this week, because I like I pass by the tree like every day and I've taken photos of it, but I haven't posted about it. But yeah, like some women were talking about it in the group and stuff. And so I was like, I need to explore a little bit more. So yeah, y'all, that was my medicine bag this week. It was great. So, yes. mm. Yeah. I'm feeling so nourished by your share, friend. <laughs> Thanks, babe. <laughs> I love how your integrity, especially, you know, because Karina and I stay on our nourishing herbal infusions, but Karina Period. had a lot of integrity around knowing what, the nourishing herbs of Mexico would be and was determined mm -hmm. to find those. And it was your like integrity in your heart 
that really mm. led you to so much more beauty than what you could have imagined. Um, yeah. So I love, I love to hear it. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Faye. Mm-hmm. What you got in your medicine bag this week? Um, well, right now, um, my auntie is here. The dog is here. Shy Shy <laughs> is here. Um, my two little cousins came over yesterday. Um, and everyone is moving into a really beautiful home, um, more beautiful mm. than, than than what we've ever experienced. Wow. Um, and so out of the, the turmoil and the displacement and the, the metapolitics of Black folks being pushed out of mm. the center further and further into the periphery, um, there's this deep sort of rich um, narrative of how families make it through. Um, And Mm -hmm. so I'm just really grateful for my my family of origin Mm. um, who really have modeled for me what it is to be gracious in the face of disaster and Mm. have given me the opportunity to see that I can be solid ground for other people to lean on. Um, And so I'm just feeling really uh, moved by the gift of being able to host Mm -hmm. um, and the the gift of, you know, having... (laughs) less sleep which allows me to dream more prophetically Mm. um and just the gift of you know my dog having somebody to play with (laughs) Uh, so I'm thinking about the the medicine of the model of family which has allowed me to model and make kin with Karina and other people who are not of my family of origin. I have modeled, been modeled, beautiful, long-lasting, sustaining relationships. Um, And I know that this is like something that's really special and unique. Um, My ability to make kin uh, Mm. comes from my kin's Uh, and how they've raised me and so yeah family is in my medicine bag Mm. um and yeah um that's all I'll say this week Mm. and what you shared is more than sufficient Mm. family I love my family. I have a huge family and I have so many siblings. And this week was both my dad's birthday and my little sister Sita's birthday. Happy birthday. Shout out to y'all. Um, <laughs> but uh, I forgot my little sister's birthday. Um, and I called my dad yesterday because I always know 
May 4th is my dad's birthday. But I, I'd be forgetting that Sita's birthday is the third. Sometimes I'm like, it's the fifth. I know like their birthdays are right next to each other. So I forgot. And my dad was like, you forgot her birthday. She was waiting by the phone all day kind of thing. And I was like, oh no, I crushed her. But I called her yesterday. And um, even though she was sad, she was like, I'm just so thankful that you called me, mm-hmm. you know? And she was like, yeah, not a lot of people called me. So I'm just really happy that she called me. Mm-hmm. And so when you're talking about family and long lasting relationships, I'm, I'm just thinking about how like <sighs> having that grace mm-hmm. and that forgiveness and that long lasting security of your family helps mm-hmm. me uh, create long-lasting relationships outside of my kin um so yeah I love that you have family in your medicine bag today and that's inspiring to me too Mm. and speaking of family (laughs) we're going to get into (laughs) Mm, such a powerful plant ally um and so what are, we, what are we getting into today, Asia? Yeah, so we are continuing um, our exploration of gut healing, um, starches, fibers, grains, roots. <laughs> <laughs> and we will be walking with Mama Maze today. Mm. Mama Maize. <laughs> Mama Maize. <laughs> um, Ishim. Um the corn god the origin Mm. um i was watching this video that was talking about how um the mayans like believe that we came from corn like literally from corn Mm. um and i was like wow you know my origin um what is it called i come from a protestant christian tradition and so like in the bible like you're created from earth you know and so i'm like wow i'm created from corn too like wow (laughs) Mm, how sacred Hmm. um so yeah yeah let's 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 discuss mama maize yeah word so um corn was quote unquote, domesticated in Southern Mexico about 10,000 years ago. Mm. And if you remember our conversation about einkorn, einkorn was domesticated 18,000 years ago. Mm. Um, And so I want to surface that the peoples of of Turtle Island um, and the peoples of Central and Southern America had lots of diverse sort of agricultural systems that they were working with beyond the cultivation of of grain. Um, And so know that all these different people in different parts of the world um, were really in the last 10,000 years um, coming into deep relationship with different grass cultivars um, mm. and, and moving and moving forward from there. Mm-hmm. Yes. 
Mm. And I wanted to add another thing. Yes. Um, because corn is really important. And I do want to center uh, these lens in talking about corn. And mm-hmm. I want to add um, that the way that corn traveled around the world was fascinating. Mm-hmm. Um, and so a lot of us think that a lot of corn traveled through the Colombian exchange, mm-hmm. um, which was, you know, the Portuguese and, and all of these quote unquote explorers finding these food crops in South America and sending them to Europe, etc. cetera. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you know, the narrative of how corn got to West Africa is that it was brought um, over from the Portuguese Mm -hmm. about 500, 400 years ago. But actually, corn was in West Africa and Nigeria um, 500 years before the Portuguese reintroduced corn to the continent to feed enslaved Africans on the middle, on their way to Mm -hmm. the United States during the Middle Passage. Um, And so the relationship between people of Africa and corn, while it's not 10,000 years old, it is at least a thousand years old. And in the world of plants and domestication it takes about 500 years for a plant to become native Mm. and so um, one can easily say that corn had become native to Africa before it was reintroduced uh, by the Portuguese Um, and so corn was not the first time that Africans or America was not the first time that Africans experienced corn they had had a deep relationship to the plant when we arrived here Mm. wow that's so cool mm-hmm. yeah I don't really know too much about corn like in African diets I know that it's a staple but I don't know too much mm. do, you, do you know some foods that are I do <laughs> yeah I do I do so one of my favorites and this gets into the genius of corn, okay? Mm. So we'll, since you asked that question, we'll talk about what it's like in, in Africa and West Africa. But because yeah. Africans in West, uh, uh, in, in the Western part, <laughs> because mm-hmm. they had corn for so long, they had uh, figured out how to best maximize the benefits while minimizing the harms of corn. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have talked about in this series, anti-nutrients. We've talked mm-hmm. about lectins and phytic acids and all of these things. And in the um, einkorn, the wheat episode, we talked about sourdough and fermentation mm-hmm. as a way to make food safe. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so there is a dish called kinke, which I love <laughs> so much. It's my favorite, actually, because it's made with this like corn cassava, like a fermented corn cassava fufu. Mm. And it's like sour in the way that it like works with the okra stew. It's kinke mm, and okra stew was like my favorite dish. And uh, especially like the Ga people um, 
really hold down the corn traditions and in Ghana, at least. And I can speak to Ghana. I know that corn is all over. Uh, But what was fascinating to me was that the Ghanaians discovered that you don't just eat corn. That don't make no sense. But instead Mm. of nixtamalization, which is what we're going to talk about next, they fermented it Mm -hmm. as a way to make it safe. And so that just felt Mm. so innovative because in the Americas, the way of processing corn is through um, alkalinization, right? Mm -hmm. It's cooking it with ash. Um, And so, yeah, that was really cool. Like seeing what corn coal and it was very much like a tamale, like the way that they Mm -hmm. fermented. I was like, oh, (laughs) it was so cool. It was so cool. It tasted so good. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, kinke is the uh, a West African corn dish. Mm. God, I love corn so much. Yeah. What are some, I think it's interesting how most like cultures, I guess from the diaspora, like have like a (laughs) tamale-ish dish, whether it has corn or not corn, it'll have corn or a tuber or a plantain. Like there's always some sort of tamale pastel, um, pastel is like, however, something in an olla in a what is it called in a banana leaf Mm -hmm. that's so cool such a thread in our cultures Mm -hmm. and it's beautiful it is and so yeah you started discussing nixtamalization let's let's talk about that yeah Ooh. okay yeah so uh nixtamalization is an ingenious process. What we're learning from the ancestors through the purview of corn is that in order to make grains, because remember grains don't want to be eaten, grains are baby plants and the mama plant laces the baby plants with poison so that predators like us are gonna get sick if we eat it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so corn specifically um, can create niacin deficiencies um, mm-hmm. leading to, oof, all pellagra and all sorts of really terrible skin conditions. And so basically what's very important to remember is that indigenous Americans had tens of thousands of years to figure out how Mm. to not only cultivate, right, Mm. this little scraggly (laughs) grass into what we see this beautiful full-bodied like corn is bay so okay. it, it it took them years to figure out how to eat this and 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 so the corn technology actually spread from mexico into the north american continent not only did the the grain spread but the culture of corn and the technology of corn spread and that technology was called nixtamalization um mm. and what it was was a process of cooking the corn kernels with an alkali solution back in the day it was ash right it was Mm -hmm. ash from the fire Um, and you cook that with the ash and it it gets all big and puffy right and then they ground that up Mm -hmm. to make tamal or whatever but that process of nixtamalization makes the um the proteins in the corn closer to complete 
Not only Mm. that, but it gets rid of specific diseases that can come from eating corn. The alkalinization um, literally makes it food safe. Uh, It improves Mm. the flavor and the texture of the corn so that you can work it into a dough, into a masa. Yeah. Right? I just learned that. Yeah. And I was like, that's why they don't need to add anything to it. That's right. It already gets into that like flexible. Yes. So it's only flexible because of this, this process of of nixamalization. And um, yeah, and so it also improves the B vitamins of the corn. So it Mm -hmm. increases nutritionally so many times, right? So like, Mm -hmm. this is what originally all tortillas were made out of, right? Mm -hmm. All corn Mm -hmm. used to be processed in this ancestral indigenous way and it's it's so amazing but what had happened was what had happened what had (laughs) happened was right when the colonizers got here they had a way of commodifying the food right and Mm. putting down the people like making it as if these cultures of thousands of years of lineage as if these people were dumb as if they were Mm. stupid and so they would take the quote-unquote commodity and leave behind the culture Uh, Mm. and so what happened really in America and in American history and globally right as the United States uses um, corn and uh, in sort of development um as a weapon, actually, we, we mm. won't get into the global politics of uh, commodity foods. But what happens what was is that corn got taken on without the corn cultures and people started mm. to get sick, especially African-Americans and poor people right. um, who only had access to corn, but didn't have access to meat or to dairy. Mm. Um, and so you had these like public health crises of folks, low-income folks who were eating corn and and getting really, really sick from it. Um, Mm. And so there's this fascinating history of white grits in the South. Now, never read white Southern people talking about food history because they're going to always try to write out Black people and I hate it. Yep. So... (laughs) You can't get it from them, okay? There are these questions about like the origin of things like grits, Mm -hmm. right? And some of my favorite stories are about like when Captain Cook went to Roanoke Island um, and the indigenous people there were able to serve like this bowl of grits. Uh, But what's fascinating and what I know to be true is that Africans were serving a dish similar called grit, similar to grits uh, before arriving in the new world and grits in and of itself, especially with this combination of seafood, often in the South, you'll see white grits um, with Mm. like red sauce, (laughs) right? Mm -hmm. And shrimp, right? And shrimp and grits. When we see Mm. the color red, it's often, um, that's right. So when we (laughs) see this very specific shrimp and grits uh, dish, especially from folks in South and North Carolina, right? The Gullah Geechee holding down the grits frequency. But what's important is the color of that corn is white. Hmm. And when I was looking back into slave narratives around the kind of foods that they were eating, there came this thing called ash cake. They talk about ash cake this, Hmm. ash cake that. And I was like, what 
is ash cake and why would they call it ash cake? Now, Mm -hmm. this is some conjecture. Okay, you gotta have some <laughs> Afrofuturist imaginaries when you're looking at these texts and thinking about our ancestors. Mm-hmm. But uh, so some folks are like, "Oh yeah, it's just called ash cake," um, and they just it's just mm, grits and water, and they fry it. And it's like, no, mm-hmm. no, 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 no. It's called ash cake because they were nixtamalizing it with ash, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. grits are white. The reason why grits are white, it's not because it's white corn. <laughs> it's because mm. it used to be nixtamalized corn, mm. right? The nixtamalization process often removes the yellow color. Um, wow. And so, yeah, and that's why like Southern folks will insist on white grits uh, because they're, they're remembering that the color is supposed to be white because it's supposed to be nixtamalized corn. But what industry has done, of course, is just like made the raw corn grits with white corn. And so um, I'm a no to those kinds of grits. I actually will buy, um, well, I buy purple Peruvian corn for my grits. But for me, (laughs) I will buy the regular um, hominy from the Mexican market. And then I'll grind that up to make my grits because I insist that my grits have been maximalized. Um, But yeah, so there's this beautiful story here um, about the importance of keeping people's cultural foods and their culture together. It's Mm -hmm. like, we stay trying to appropriate, like we stay trying, trying to appropriate everything. And then we have the guilt of appropriation. So we feel extra ashamed of talking about the people who we got it from. Yeah. That will literally kill you. Yeah. Literally. Especially when it comes to food, you cannot separate the food from the people who cultivated the food. It's, it's, mm. it's impossible and if you want to do food well, then we have to stay honoring, right? The folks in Southern Mexico for whom corn uh, is, is their ancestor. Yeah, literally our origin, which is amazing. Mm. Okay, so um, speaking of which, since we're in the gut health series, yeah, how can we ally with corn um, to heal our guts. Mm. Yeah. So, you know, what was phenomenal, um, was that when I was in my gut healing process, I was able to hear food. Mm. <laughs> it was, it was a thing mm-hmm. <laughs> and each yep. grain, each different thing that I ate had a specific sound to it. And so wheat was like this high frequency, like (laughs) sugar sounded just like wheat. They were almost the same, but Mm -hmm. it was corn that had this like, this slow, beautiful wave. Um, And so I knew from that process that corn, uh, that corn was Ken. Um, nixtamalized corn, um, is a really beautiful fiber when it's nixtamalized, this process also gives us the benefit of slowing down the rate of absorption. Mm. Nixtamalized corn is 
lower on the glycemic index Mm -hmm. than regular corn, which is just kind of sugar, Mm -hmm. right? And so this process actually fortifies the corn. It slows it down in Mm -hmm. our bodies, but it also has the ability to feed our probiotic microbes as prebiotics. During the process of nixtamalization, as Karina described, the mm-hmm. starches actually change um, mm-hmm. and become stretchy and malleable. And mm-hmm. these specific kinds of starches are really nutritive for our gut health. Um, mm-hmm. They help us to move our bowels better. Um, and they are a really great form of fiber in our diet. Wow. That's so cool. Mm-hmm. And did you know that here in Mexico, I don't know if in the U.S., I'd never seen it before, but you can buy masarina that's next to my list. Mm. Like literally, it's like I got it at the gas station kind of thing. <laughs> that's right. There's there's actually been movements in Mexico to return to uh because they started making tortillas that haven't been nixtamalized. Yeah. And, and people hate them. People hate them and they're getting sick. Mm-hmm. Um, I heard a story um, from a Mexican woman about like uh, how her grandma was like looking at the kids' teeth and was like, what is wrong? And nothing had changed about the diet, but the teeth were mm-hmm. deteriorating. And it was because of the chemicals and unprocessed corn the phytic mm. acid bind to minerals um, mm. and your teeth require yeah. minerals to flourish. That's, that's and so leaching. It, yeah. Corn. Yeah. Instead of yes. nourishing unprocessed mm. corn leeches. Right. And, and right. think about it whenever you eat corn on the cob and you poop, what, what's in the poop? Corn. That's right. <laughs> you like, see those kernels <laughs> suspended. our bodies can't digest it it is so indigestible right that's not that's not cute like that's true people don't eat corn on the cob here why would they because they know corn is from mexico (laughs) yeah they're not gonna eat that bullshit so listen um it's fine to eat corn for fun i'm not coming for Mm -hmm. corn on the cob don't at me (laughs) and it's important to know that like all grains Mm. right are gods and they all have a way of being processed that makes it good and healthy for you and so I want to talk uh just a little bit about you know what's been happening in Kenya right Mm. so when countries are struggling the U.S. will send uh a bundle of like commodity crops such as corn Um, And this, uh, I don't want to get too much into it, but it's important to understand um, that food aid has been used as a tool of oppression by the United States government. And not only that, but they'll send specifically GMO corn, uh, like things like that in order to get folks into that whole paradigm and sending food aid like this, these huge commodities to these countries disrupt the commodity trade in their own country. Mm -hmm. And so if they're going to be able to get the you know the free usa corn then it's gonna really hurt the corn farmers and so just know that corn is farmed like all over the world corn is i think Mm -hmm. the second most popular crop yeah it's like 
uh, 10% of the world's crops is corn. Yeah, right. Corn is really, really significant. But Kenyans, right, who don't have a long culture of corn, definitely not as long as like Nigeria, Mm -hmm. uh, they were experiencing the same kind of maladies that African-Americans were experiencing from just having Mm -hmm. corn protein deficiencies vitamin b deficiencies like rough scaly skin yeah uh, mineral deficiency mineral deficient literally ashy okay Mm -hmm. yep (laughs) listen to your auntie asia because she stays shiny and nice anyways (laughs) um so yeah kenyans are hella suffering and the ambassador of Mexico came over to Kenya with a whole program to reintroduce nixtamalization, mm. right? As a public health, like wow. <laughs> implementation so cool. and a vote of global solidarity. So now we have Mexicans like traveling all throughout Africa, really trying to reintroduce them to Mama May's the correct way. Um, And I said correct, but I'll just say the traditional way, because as we Mm -hmm. learned, many cultures can innovate differently the way that the Mm -hmm. Ghanaians did with their kinke, right? They Mm -hmm. made it sour. That was a pretty cool, unique adaptation. But Mm -hmm. it's really nice when we get to be in touch with the people of the root culture um, Mm -hmm. to show us like how they do it. So I just wanted to like share that story because um, global solidarity and specifically the Brown Alliance is of particular importance, right? Like Africa Mm -hmm. and Mexico and South America, like we were colonized because they were trying to mine for our gold. Mm -hmm. Right. And so when you're in the cities and you see the Latinos and they got on gold and then the black girls got on gold or they got long nails and the black girls got long nails. It's like our cultures are it's our our story is so important. Mm -hmm. Right. And the coming together of black and brown like is so important. And it's important to remember that, like what the gold is. Mm -hmm. right what was the gold that these European colonizers were looking for and you know they wanted the corn (laughs) Mm -hmm. but there's there's other other riches right that these that these two cultures um and I know these cultures are so diverse right Mm -hmm. but there's there's all of this richness that we contain um in, in unity. And it's important that we uh, remember that we're in this together and that we can benefit each other. Um, and so that's all right. I have to say. Yeah, that's, mm, wow, that whole story is really cool to reflect on. And I think also just um, as like a final thing to say, I think that we also need to honor our Mama Maïs Um, the goddess because we as Americans as probably global citizens corn is used for every single thing I mean from plastics to dressings to clothing I mean perfume like paper products like almost everything contains some sort of corn product 
So even when we're not consuming corn as food, we're being surrounded by that sacred plant everywhere we go. So despite the unsustainability in quotations of all those products, I, I feel, I still think it's beautiful that, um, it's a beautiful reminder that she co-evolved with us <laughs> mm-hmm. and that she's surrounding us wherever we go. So I just want to um, share my gratitude to Mama Maïs um, and thank her for being with us, like I said, everywhere we go. Mm. Mm. I Before we move into Bougie Auntie word of advice, I really want to slow down and mm. highlight what you did there <laughs> um, because it was really profound um you know the direction of this episode could have been king corn and uh, high fructose corn syrup and all of these things but what you did in such a beautiful statement was you remembered that there's still the goddess in high fructose corn syrup like mm-hmm. there's still the goddess in these biofuels that they're manufacturing. Like there's still the goddess. And you, you just had mm-hmm. us remember that even when something has been bastardized or commodified, right. Um, that it doesn't deteriorate its sacredness. Um, mm-hmm. And so I just wanted to thank you for, for doing that for us. Yeah, of course. I mean, you know, if we descended from her, you know, I want to honor her in every iteration in which she has been used. Um, And I think maybe that is another reason why, like, she's able to be used in all the things because she's so sacred. So, yeah, she's sacred. And I want everyone to give her some gratitude today. So. Yeah, let's move into our bougie auntie word of advice. Asia, do you have Mm. anything for the folk today? I can't stop thinking about the Brown Alliance. Mm. Mm -hmm. I can't stop thinking about how hibiscus Mm. was reintroduced to me from from Mexicans. Mm -hmm. And the ways that we are capable of holding the sacred aspects of each other's culture solid. Yeah. Right. So that one day when we're ready, we can receive our medicine again. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm just thinking about like this, this history that we have here, right? Like the stolen indigenous lands and the stolen black labor and mm. the kind of uh, how we are bound in a certain kind of blood magic, like a certain kind of historical narrative, uh, a certain kind of suffering has brought us together in this particular kind of way. I am thinking about the kind of house guest that I am Mm. and the kind of house guest that my people have been for the past 400 years as we begin our process of becoming indigenous to these lands Mm -hmm. and 
I'm also sitting with the sadness, Hmm. the sadness of erasure, the sadness of displacement and the sadness that like um, indigenous wisdom is still alive in my blood. Yeah. Right. And that indigenous people, right. Gain power from black power movements Mm -hmm. and just this, this forever interplay and, I guess my bougie auntie word of advice is about humility. And my Mm. question for myself is my question for you all is how do we, how do we find humility in the face of all the things that we, I think about the differentiation that it takes to create a black identity. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, but that that differentiation is um, it's false mm-hmm. right indigenous black people are not very different from indigenous native american people mm-hmm. and i'm thinking about how do i how do i be how do i be humble living on these lands how do i maintain a sense of self and also acknowledge the way that that self has been created by the bloodshed of others Mm. Um, and so what does my humility look like in the face of mama maize uh, a food crop that has been so significant to my culture from cornbread to grits to hush puppies mm-hmm. um, how can I honor simultaneously my cultural innovations and the cultural innovations that brought this food forth mm. um, and so how can I more fully hold and value um, these shared histories and so that's, that's my word of advice is to move into the inquiry of not only uh, my way and my history and my lineage, but, you know, what does it look like to place all of these bloodlines into a bigger story to understand what the patterns are here? Mm. And so that's what I would encourage uh, you to really start to think about as I've been thinking about this question for many years. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. Um, hmm. The Black and Brown Alliance conversation reminded me of the little community that I found here of the Black women that want to help me find local herbs kind of thing, you know, mm-hmm. like <laughs> if that's not a Black and Brown Alliance, I don't know what is. Um, and just thinking of the timing in which my ancestors like strategically brought me here and were providing this safe space for me to learn all the things. It's really cool. And I too am trying to humble myself um, and allowing myself to be taught and not constantly distinguish myself from the people here. So your bougie auntie word of advice was for me. So thank you for that. Mm -hmm. Um, My bougie auntie word of advice this week. God, there's so much happening in my life. Um, Hmm would be to ponder the best advice you've ever been given 
Um, I find that the best advice given to me was kind of an invitation to think of things on my own, to not rely on what I've been taught, but to figure out the things myself. Like, what what is your perspective on the things? Despite all the things that you've learned, what is your perspective? How does this feel for you kind of thing? Um, And that really empowered me to take on the things that I believe in now um, as not true, but as an experience that I am constantly learning from and finding love in and rejecting things when they don't feel good. It just, it really empowered me. So yeah, I want y'all to think about the best advice you've ever been given and how that informs the life that you live today. So hopefully y'all can take that on. Um, That's kind of a vague question, but um, yeah, I just want y'all to think, take some time to yeah, think about the people who've poured into your life. So that's what I have for y'all today. Mm. Thank you, Karina. <laughs> Thanks, babe. And thank y'all for tuning into the podcast. Um, I love doing this. I love being with my wife and sharing things with y'all. And I want to give a really special shout out I almost forgot um there is a person who wrote to Petty Herbalist on Instagram and uh, she shared that she listens to us with her son (laughs) and they call us the rice ladies so I just want to shout out to my new friend Cairo. Hi. <laughs> hope you're having a good day today. And I hope you enjoyed the podcast today. Um, so yeah, thanks again, all y'all for listening to the podcast for following us on um, the social medias on at Petty Herbalist and at Bones, Bugs and Botany. Y'all really be showing love. Um, and also shout out to y'all who are supporting the podcast on um, Patreon, patreon.com slash Petty Herbalist. And then those of y'all who stay supporting Asia and those who need to support Asia on patreon.com slash Bones, Bugs, and Botany. So yeah, thanks for being with us. And remember to stay ready and be petty. <laughs> See y'all later. Bye. Bye.